2: Right now. Realizing I watched a lot of uh, television with the youngsters back in the day. How about that? I'll say it again. That cab driver in Bucerios, Mexico, when he said, Señor, you're Espanol. It's mucho bueno. Why is that? I said, Dora the Explorer. That's right. I learned so much Spanish. I got to brush up on my Spanish, though. <laughs> yes, you do. ¿Cómo estás?
1: Una más, por favor. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Uh,
2: hola. <laughs> Buenos días. It's the RP Show, and we're live on Game Plus TV and WQEE Radio. We've heard from our friends uh, down there at WQEE, Ryan O'Radio. Give them a follow, everybody, on Facebook. they got some great stuff going on there. They love their hockey on WQEE Radio. They broadcast it, right, Ryan? The River Kings and uh, the Gladiators, too, I think. Yeah, let's uh, bring in the Moose, Darren Moose DuPont. This turn has it certainly hasn't taken a turn to negative town but it has taken a turn it's out of my control now right it's the viewers have completely taken it away and i'm and listeners and i'm more than happy to do that more than happy to do that because that's like when you go in and do a banquet you've done them i've done i'm not joking i conservatively say i think over a thousand i love turning it over to the crowd let's do q a okay because that way you'll get what you want Instead of me standing up here giving a speech that might completely miss the mark. For instance, I said the gentleman Terry from Lake Country, B.C. was watching in the middle of the night. The text came in at 1.23 (laughs) a.m. And he says, who's the number one enforcer of all time? And I'm I'm like, should we tell him we're not live? And what was he doing up at 1.30 in the morning? Maybe he's a shift worker. Maybe he does works in an industry industry we've never heard of moose something interesting that we don't even know about um anyways cliff yeah cliff i appreciate you cliff he's now watching in kelowna live cliff hanselman and he i know him i know his son colby better cliff says lake country is 10 miles north of kelowna on the way to vernon how about that that's beautiful how about that out there yeah (laughs) Yeah, And if I may, Darren has always been amazed by my ability and personal touch. Um, his son, Colby, is the kid you saw in the photo with Chris Jones, Chris Jones, at Ryder camp. Remember the kid with the f- flaming red hair and the Ryder shirt? And they were sitting on the ground together like it looked like they were going to have a popsicle together or something. That's his kid, right? So when I say I know Colby better, that's why. But thank you, Cliff, for the info. And we'll get to this about the Leafs' popularity and so forth. But to Terry's question in late country BC, who's the number one toughest enforcer of all time in the National Hockey League? We did zero in on an answer. Do you remember what we came up with there? And you'll be forgiven if you don't because this guy was a little before your time. I
3: don't know who we came up with, but like my mind, I, I know who I'm thinking of. My mind goes to Bob
2: Probert. A lot of guys will say that he wasn't. Believe it or not, and yeah. I don't even know if Proby would want to be known as that. Maybe. I mean, he was a 50 goal scorer. That's what everybody forgets about Bob Probert. He could score too. Um, listen, it was Joe Koser, and I'm looking it up right now um does that name mean anything to you moose that oh yeah i be interested absolutely in? yeah okay calvington right and the reason i say that everybody is because i sent a text to tiger williams watch your feet moose i'm going to drop a f- few names here i don't want to break any toes i texted tiger and i said uh who's the who's the toughest guy he said gordy howe Tiger Williams, the NHL's penalty minute leader, said, Gordie Howe. But we can't. It's Mr. Hockey holds all the other records, set all every other record. We can't give him this. Um, so then I sent a text to Wendell Clark in Toronto. I'm like, Wendell, who is it? And he goes, well, you ask anybody that played in the 80s and 90s. It was Joe Koser From Kelvington, Sask. Uh, Played with the Yorkton Terriers for a couple of seasons and then the Saskatoon Blades from 82 to 84. And then with the Detroit Red Wings, uh, well, in the NHL from 1984 to 1989. And he split up two stints with the Detroit Red Wings with stops with the New York Rangers and Vancouver Canucks. So all I can say is I kind of would go with Wendell and he would say Joe Koser. Ah, we can't ask Proby, unfortunately. We could ask Ty Domi, but I'm not sure I'd believe him. They say Joe Koser. Do you think it's Bob Probert? By the way, you were trying to guess on who you thought it would be. Yeah, I you think, think so. Prober? For
3: me, I think so. Yeah, but there are so many different okay. guys. I mean, and then you want to look at like, you know, we don't even talk about George Larocque, right? In that, you know, and he's one of them too. Um, but it was a different yeah. era when those guys played when, when Probert and. Coaster and those guys played, like, it was nasty, and you had to be nasty, you know? Um, you look at, I mean, McSorley. There's a lot of names you could come up with. I mean, Domi's one of them, too, but there's a lot of names you could come up with about who's the toughest guys, and Domi's got to be in that conversation because he was so small, and yet he's kept yeah. <laughs> going toe-to-toe with all these big guys, too. you got to be pretty tough to do that,
2: but uh, I like Coaster. Yeah, that's a good one. Well, okay, I'm so wonderfully happy with the diversion. What did I tell you? We were gonna turn it over to the viewers and it's been wonderful. Um, And the thing is, as I said, people are just finding us now. And I want, what I want you to know, if you're new to the audience, radio or television or streaming, Darren and I have all the answers to pretty much anything you wanna know. We've been through everything. And we've, you know, this is our 926th episode. And I feel like Terry in Lake Country BC is like his first. You know? So anyways, yeah. to this, there's some good comments here. Um, Swerve95. Forgive me, Swerve. You're in Winnipeg, right? He says, Probert. Oh, where did get Bob Probert versus Craig Cox. Two fights, no defense whatsoever. Oh, Nelly! <laughs> I was at, I was at Brian Dodge's house. I was in Dodge City. And I couldn't, I called up Probert versus Cox on the YouTube. We had it streaming on the screen, and Brian's jaw was on the, on the floor. And I'm like, that's not even the one that I'm thinking of. It's this other one. But this one was pretty good, too. You know, they're all on YouTube. And, oh, man, uh, 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 Steve in North Dakota asks if the NHL enforcer will ever make a comeback. Well, never's a long time, as Gary Echeverry says. But they're not coming back. You know, like you look at Stu Grimson, you forget about this very close friend of mine. And I can't wait to do more gigs with Grimmer. The Grim Reaper, man. One of the famed NHL enforcers. I might vote for him for the best ever just because I love him so much. And I watch him on an NHL network all the time. And I'm like, Grimmer, no offense, but you'd never play in the NHL today. He's like, you think I don't know that? <laughs> he had 17 <laughs> points in 17 years. Think about it. You know, he knows. He's know. just grateful that he had the career that he had when he did. That's why I get upset, really upset. And maybe we'll push this debate to tomorrow for football. But when you look at the NFL beating the NHL now for ratings, I don't think this is a small thing. A lot of people in Canada, it's not a small thing. Like when the NFL is taking over, what do you do? What do the big brand, big box stores do, Darren? They buy up the little guy, right? DuPont Hardware going to be bought by Walmart eventually. Yes. You know, (laughs) it's just a fact. So when does the NFL buy up the CFL? Like they should. It would help. I've been saying it for 20 years, as you know. But the argument from a lot of my really good football friends who I respect so much they're like yeah but then the CFL player would go away you know the guy that a lot of your friends you know those defensive ends that had all those great sacks they couldn't make it in the NFL because they weren't a big enough lineman but they were too big to be a DB and I'm like I don't care see what I'm saying the NHL enforcer went the way of the dodo too where are those guys what are they doing I don't know what they're doing anymore you know it's life It's evolution. But the the CFL, I don't really want to talk about it anymore because remember how everybody got so upset the last time? You know, in COVID, we had nothing else to talk about, so we talked about these things. The best thing for the NFL, sorry, for the CFL would to be bought by the NFL and become NFL Canada and uh, watch them burn burn the studio down now, Darren.
3: (laughs) And you know what's going to happen. Maybe you don't agree. Maybe you don't
2: agree. No, but...
3: I mean, it might be, for sure. Um, but the enforcer question's interesting. Like, will we ever see it again? I don't know that we will. I would bet on no, we won't, because we're, we're going away from fighting in sports. And But everything comes with a necessity, right? You know, when the enforcer was there, there was a role. Protect the stars, keep room for them, because there was becoming less and less space, and they were taking liberties. Well, now the rules of the game prevent that. They give lots of space for the stars now. The rules do. With the speed and the no clutching and grabbing that they introduced, with the obstruction, a, you know, a decade ago, you know, and things like that. I think if we be, we start taking liberties on the stars, if the room becomes not there, you might see teams bring back an enforcer if there's a need. But the game would really have to shift back
2: oh, before that happened. Yeah, not to the degree that it was. Um, by the way, it's one eleven Eastern. <laughs> visualize a positive outcome whatever that is i have my ideas but it's different for everybody um john and edmonton i'll get to your comment in a second i just had a squirrel moment my mind's going in far too many places oh yeah i was talking to a coach this morning who's watching right now on game plus tv because he tells me and he (laughs) coached Derek bugard the boogeyman So he said to me, I certainly don't want to divulge his identity, but he said to me, or even hinted his identity, but he said to me, he goes, I saw the same look in Milan Lucic's eyes the other night when he was fighting against Columbus that I saw in Boogie's eyes. And I said, oh, what's that? He goes, he's tired of this. He didn't want to be fighting. And I said, yeah, but he's not fighting as much as Boogie was. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe maybe, yeah. maybe Luch doesn't want to fight. I don't know. But when's the last time he fought before the other night against Columbus? I I, I don't want to speak for him, but I go to as many Flames games as I do Panthers games. He doesn't fight that much. He's there, and as the hockey guys will tell you, the fact that he's there is enough. He doesn't have to be fighting. But if you think he could fight, that's what you want, right? Yeah. That's what you want. You know, it's, it's a little bit of that,
3: hey, this is here just in case. And you know it, so it keeps everything in line. It's like a security guard at the bank, right? He's there. You don't need him. But I'm not robbing the bank because he's there and he's got his gun and whatever else. But, you know, in the grand scheme of the game, we're not that far removed. It feels like 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 we're eons removed from it. But it, we're really not that far removed from the day where you would have guys right on the opening face of Okay, we got to go tonight. You know, and you knew every night which two guys were going to fight. You know, that's not
2: that long ago that we saw that. Yeah, it still happens. It happened the other night. Like, it's not completely out of line. The fact that when it does happen now, it's quite exciting because it used to happen almost every game. (laughs) You know? Uh, Trying to keep it on the rails, but again, trying to hand it over to the audience. And I'm really enjoying it. I hope everybody else is as much. How about you guys down there in Atlanta? Shoot us a note. 902-518-3033. Very unheralded hockey town. Atlanta, Georgia. Um, And by the way, tomorrow will be football. Ball for all tomorrow. So we're getting the hockey out of the way today. John in Edmonton says, Why do you think teams are tanking just to get Connor Bedard? The commissioner hates that. Well, John who will never, ever, ever, ever understand what I'm saying. Ever. I can confidently say John in Edmonton will never understand what I'm saying. It's like I'm speaking another language. Rewind it, John. I don't think they're tanking, but everybody else does. We covered this an hour ago, right, Moose? We covered it, at, We covered it for half an hour to the point where yeah. you're like, let's move on, and I agreed. But the poll question today for Capital Automall, Universal Collision Center is, do you think teams tank in order to get a higher draft pick? And an hour ago, 86% of people were saying yes. Clark, what's the update now? What are they saying? Yeah, 70% is coming down. Here is the other thing, Moose. I kind of got to be careful but i kind of don't because i don't really care i was saying to another nhl guy the other day i said i now that i'm living and spending my time in nfl and nhl cities i am stunned by the amount of media that has no idea about the leagues and game the game that they cover like blown away blown away and one tsn analyst a former nhl guy we talked about this And he goes, a lot of guys here don't know the game. So I'm trying to explain to you that they don't tank. For darn sure, the coaches and players don't. And maybe the GMs want you to. And Darren explained last hour, you can manipulate your roster near the end of the season to maybe hurt your chances to win. But don't think the coaches and players are ever going out there to intentionally lose they will not do it and by the way they didn't get to the level that they're at by losing on purpose so i will agree with gary bettman on that my little buddy from new york Bryn griffiths on the way for the order fans that have questions about their loss last night to columbus mighty mouth will join us two segments from now to talk about it we'll get to the NFL games this weekend. There's only three football games left, Darren, by the way. Three football games left this year in leagues that are not XFL or USFL. It's the RP Show. We are live on Game Plus, your favorite podcast platform, YouTube of course, and WQEE 99.1 FM.
1: Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson show now. laid back and kicking it let's head back to the studio here's rod yeah buddy
2: nhl all-star game coming up by the way next weekend it's going to be a lot of fun there's been questions come in from our audience today about the events the new ones what's going on can we wait till next week and we'll address that there's enough going on this week Before we bring the Moose back in, there are uh, a sports update. There are nine games on the NHL schedule tonight with three Canadian teams in action. The Montreal Canadiens host the Detroit Red Wings. The Buffalo Sabres take their four-game win streak to Winnipeg. This should be a biggie. And the Calgary Flames look for a third straight win when they host the Chicago Blackhawks. That one doesn't need to be close. The Toronto Raptors opened a seven-game NBA road trip on wednesday night by upsetting the pacific division leading sacramento kings 113 95 didn't see that one coming Atlanta hawks were winners too by the way had our way with the oklahoma city blazers 137 132 brock purdy's nfl career started with the moniker of mr irrelevant and the week week-long trip to newport beach to celebrate the player picked last in the draft With one more win, Purdy's rookie season in the NFL will end on the brightest stage of all as a starting quarterback in the Super Bowl for the San Francisco 49ers. 49ers play the Philadelphia Eagles in Sunday's NFC title game. Purdy will try to become the first rookie quarterback ever to reach the Super Bowl. That is a hell of a story. Let's bring the Moose back in here, Darren Moose-Dupont. And we got a few topics on the table, not as much as your normal bonanza or golden corral there's like a couple main ones um one is nhl fighters and i thank terry in Lake country bc who was watching at 1 30 in the morning on game plus for spawning this whole discussion how about that eh moose yeah um yeah they love it they just love talking about the fights um swerve 95 he's had a lot of great comments today he says chicago versus minnesota games back in the 80s went four hours long and 200 plus penalty minutes Wasn't that great? It was so awesome. I loved it. (laughs) We, if I may, because I know we're very big with the junior hockey crowd. When we used to ride the bus with the PA Raiders, my first ever full-time team, so I love them so much. Our coaches were were a bunch of goons, and they had a tape that was all their fights, a VHS that we'd pop it in. By name, Curtis Hunt, Rod (laughs) Dahlman. Was Hunsey our coach? Rod Dolman, Don Clark, uh, Dale McPhee. Hunsey was around. Let's put it that way. The older brother that I didn't need because I already have two. And we would watch two solid hours of Raiders fights. Ken Baumgartner, Dave Manson. They were all a bunch of animals. And we couldn't get enough of it. We'd run through that tape and go, play it again. (laughs) You know, (laughs) so much fun. Uh, T. Will in winnipeg says enforcing will never come back just like the eight and nine goal games being the norm will never come back goaltending has improved so much technically we'll never get back there the game evolves you may be right but the seattle kraken have scored eight goals like seven times this year it's something astounding so it actually they haven't necessarily gone anywhere jeff kabilis in winnipeg says colt nor is another favorite tough guy. Met him. He's a nice guy. You would remember Orzee from, because you're a Leaf fan. Yeah. But we had him with the Pats. And um, I want to say, I think he grabbed Tutu. He grabbed somebody from the Wheat Kings. I think it was Tutu. And just wailed the tar out of him. Like, whack, 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 whack. Over. And Or's dad was at the game. And he goes, it wasn't even fair. It was a man against a boy. Yeah. Colton Orr was a man. Playing junior hockey. <laughs> it wasn't fair. And he was a man in the I'm NHL too. Yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah. We've got to get Orzy on. He is a really good guy. Really good guy. A lot of these guys are great guys. The fighters are all great guys. Um I've yet to meet one that's a jerk, let's put it that way. Yeah. Wayne in BC regarding the NFL buying the CFL, which I think <laughs> is the only the only solution. But you know what? Who the hell am I? What do I know? Wayne says it's all about the money. So for that reason, I think the NFL will never buy the CFL. Why would it benefit the NFL? They're already they're, they're already the top dogs with all the money. That is actually a hell of a good point. Let me let me munch on that for a while. Do you have thoughts on that? Well, I look at it from an
3: NFL perspective. I'd say, okay, what, what do we gain from this? I always look at what's the objective? What are we trying to accomplish, right? What's the NFL trying to accomplish? Well, we want to keep growing our brands. So, okay, maybe we could have this team as you know affiliates for, all, for, some, for some of the NFL teams. Cool, to keep growing the brand. But instead of buying the CFL and operating the CFL for millions and millions of dollars, we could continue to market like we do in Canada, and grow it that way, and it's probably cheaper. So when you say it out loud, I think there's cheaper ways to continue to grow the brand than to own another football league. I really do.
2: Well, the way Wayne started that off, I thought I was going to have to argue with him. And then I, by the way he landed the plane, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're making way too much sense. He's just saying, why would they? They don't need to. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they've already moved into Canada and taken over. When you talk about... did the (laughs) pooty. Yes. (laughs) That's Jerry Maguire, right? I didn't even know. Yeah, of course it is. Um, You know,
3: but you look at what do we need? Who needs who, right? And I think that's where we had the XFL, CFL discussions. And I hate to, like, bring up, you know, bad memories and trauma for our viewers who didn't like listening to that. But when we, like, there was credible, you know, conversations between Randy Ambrosi and the XFL. And you happen we because thought. you too, yeah, because you need something. You know, the CFL wants to continue to grow exposure and CFL 2.0 and other markets, maybe the US. The XFL wants to be sustainable, so they look at a league that's been around for a hundred years. You know, you need something from each other. The, the the NFL doesn't really need anything from the Canadian Football League.
2: You're so right. You're like they're doing it anyways, <laughs> you know. And <laughs> and specifically how they did, how they. I don't know how the NFL went from where they were to where they are now. I know how they went from where they were in Canada to where they are now, because I remember being out in Vancouver. Because I was, I'm still close with a lot of the BC Lions staff. I was closer when I worked in the league, but I, you know, I said to those guys with the Lions, "Are you worried about the NFL and the Seahawks?" And they're like, no, why would we be? Well, I don't know. They got three players signing autographs at Pacific uh, Center Mall on Saturday. They're holding a Seahawks golf tournament in the lower mainland. (laughs) What are you guys doing? They're moving in, mowing your lawn. You know? I emceed a, a camp, a kid's camp with the NFL. It was NFL practice with the pros in the 90s. Donald Driver. Was it Donald Driver? long time ago bro long time ago a lot of brain cells killed killed since then uh but the nfl came up and they the vikings went to uh you, anybody that participated in. you'll have to help me out but the packers came to regina and i am like when i say amc i help run the drills and everything i'm not a football guy i was on the mic i was the barker yeah the vikings went to winnipeg i think the denver broncos went to calgary I'm sure the Seahawks went to BC. This was in the 90s. Um, Regarding them dropping the puck and then then dropping the gloves and fighting, Allie has written in and she said, it happened last night in Dallas. So there. Um, T. Will in Winnipeg says, I look forward to to tsn buying the rod peterson show and rod coming on every day and telling why the leafs are still the cup favorite i think he's doing that tongue in cheek i put a post up on my recovery account by the way um we mentioned last week somebody asked me what's that other business you referred to rod that nobody knows about um just go follow peterson recovery on Instagram Twitter Facebook it's my personal company for recovery coaching people in mental health and addiction recovery today I put up a post that said figure out what you want in life and I did you know that moose that's why I'm so yeah. happy and one of those is not be working at TSN and being told what to say not interested in it or a team there's a lot of guys and gals that will do it I don't want to do it <laughs> I had to do it for a long time. Don't want to do it. I want to do this here on WQEE and Game Plus TV. Uh, what else we got? Mm-hmm. What do you? I've been doing a lot of talking. What's on your mind through all this, <laughs> Moose? You know
3: what? Nothing. Uh, I'm just enjoying this. It's just like I got comfy. I got my coffee. And this is one of those days, you know, you say turn it over to the viewers and stuff where we just go back and forth and and chat about different topics. Like we're literally go at the at the coffee shop, right? Sitting around the table having our midday coffee and on the coffee break and, and, and talking about what everybody else wants to talk about. Hey, who do you think was the toughest enforcer in the history of the NHL? And then you get on a 30 minute convo about that.
2: You know, it's great. It's what I wanted. It's what I wanted. BW in Edmonton says there's no freedom in TSN media. I don't know about that. I don't know. I've never worked for them rod black yesterday if you were watching it and i didn't cut the clips of it i could have but rod black said some incredibly informative things yesterday were you watching at the time no you weren't because you were in your seminar that's why rod black was on he said if people care he goes in toronto you've got media companies that own the leafs and the raptors it's different in other cities where the media companies don't own the teams or the team owns the media, what? However you want to say it. But he goes in Toronto. You go. He can. You can be critical, but you can't rip. He goes in Montreal. They rip away because the media has no say so in the Montreal Canadiens or the Alouettes. Because in Toronto, There's. I kind of got the sense that he didn't miss it. <laughs> and I'll just say this. And you know, that's for the Raptors and the Leafs. To be honest, I'm kind of surprised at what a rash gets away with when he's talking about the blue jays because rogers and i just respect a rash for that even more because yeah. rogers employs him and the baseball team and he don't care that's right ra- he don't care what anybody thinks <laughs> right i just sure. find that quite interesting Yeah, yeah yeah so there's some guys that don't dance the company dance uh, 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 uh. moose i'm gonna let you go uh ryan ryan uh, in new york states says, i remember christophe oliwa being an enforcer for the albany river rats and new jersey devils yeah everybody's got a favorite moose will be back for overtime and not going anywhere uh one more steven in north dakota watching he says the cfl games were affordable to me because of the exchange rate yeah it's about a three and a half hour drive i think mine not to taylor field to watch it i'll just say one last thing before we bring in mighty mouth all these people that leave the media and i guess i'm still in the media but not the way that it used to be i saw a guy working at an airline WestJet. i was like brah he got let go by a radio chain I'm like, you look 20 years younger. And he's working for WestJet. You think that ain't stressful? (laughs) It's like one-tenth stressful where he was. I'm like, dude, I get it. Anyways, Mighty Mouth is next. Do we got him, Clark? Okay. Uh, We are live on Game Plus Television, YouTube, your favorite podcast platform, and WQEE 99.1 FM
1: to youtube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Oh yeah, he's back. Time for more of The Rod Peterson
2: Show. It is time. Thank you, Rick Regan. And just ahead of Brent Mighty Mouth, one second. This... We've really turned it over to the audience here, in what we used to call viewer takeover. But we're on the radio now, so what? What audience takeover? Jeff, the Stamps fan, has written in and says, uh, "Where's the NHL All-Star Game this year?" This is a joke, right, Clark? This is a setup. I, oh, I don't know. Look at my shirt. NHL All-Star. South Florida, 2023. I've only been putting it in front of your face for the last hour and a half. So now you know the rest of the story. Brent Griffiths, great guy, mighty mouth, launched TSN Radio Edmonton, Oilers alum. What's up, Brent? How are you, brother?
4: I'm doing great. Hey, listen, I, I, I've got this new game, and it's called Where in the World is Rod Peterson? Where are you today?
2: Yeah. Well, wouldn't you like to know? Like they want to hide that, I guess. Uh I'm in South Florida. Getting okay. ready for the NHL All Star game next week. Yeah. No, no, no. Didn't want, didn't <laughs> no, want to burn. No, 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 it's fine. Oh, oh. no no. Trust me, I, I I don't get it, but it is what it is. Um Okay. Where are you? I'm, uh, actually,
4: I'm in my uh, home studio basement location with uh, my general manager, Jax, the golden retriever, sitting down to my broadcast left, making sure that I'm doing this properly today.
2: Ah, well, it looks great. It looks fantastic. And i got to open with the obligatory question, because you were yeah. in Edmonton and the orders lost 3-2 to the uh, Blue Jackets in overtime. Everybody's saying, what's wrong with the orders that we're writing in here? How would you answer that, my friend?
4: Won seven of their last eight. Nothing's wrong. They played the worst team in the league, in my estimation. Uh, Yeah, worse than Chicago. And, uh, you know, often you can find yourself playing down to your opposition. But in fairness, I thought Columbus – I watched the the Calgary-Columbus game very closely, and I thought Columbus was atrocious in their own end. They gave up the puck so much I couldn't believe it. And I thought to myself, if they do that in Edmonton on Wednesday, it's not even going to be close. They were able to really tighten it up dramatically. What I have started to notice here at games that I've attended the last maybe month or so, teams are coming in here ready to go. You're not going to – if the Edmonton Oilers think they're going to slide by some of these teams – That's not going to happen because I'm watching these teams elevate their play when they walk into this arena. So the Edmonton Oilers' home record has been actually very disappointing so far this season, and I know why. That's because the opposition comes in here and they are ready to go.
2: Jennifer from the Four Seasons wants your opinion on how you feel Leon Dreisaitl played last night.
4: It's funny, I sat in the seats last night and I sat down probably in around row 18 or so and I watched him very carefully. I thought it was uh, not a typical Leon Drysidel kind of evening. I still think he might be a little hurt, actually. Uh, he, he sat out a few games. Uh, I think it was probably, I, hey, this year is going by so fast. I think it was in November sometime. I think he's still hurting a little bit. And I think it goes back to that injury in the Battle of Alberta the playoff series. But uh, he wasn't his usual self last night where he's controlling and dominating, but he still has his moments where he's pretty fantastic. But overall last night, I didn't think he quite uh, delivered. But he was not the, Edmonton, not the only Edmonton oiler that, that was a little short on uh, energy and enthusiasm in that matchup last night. They th- I, it looked to me like they thought they were going to just basically just throw themselves out there on the ice and win that game for fun. And that did not happen because in the National Hockey League, these, these players have a lot of pride. And Columbus came in here, as I said, uh, I thought they were horrible in Calgary, but boy, they sure ramped it up. And uh, Corpus Corpusalo, I thought, was sensational in the two games in Alberta, in particular the game in Edmonton last night.
2: Well, isn't it a bugger when the other team tries to, Bryn? And uh, by the way, when you and Whoa. I went for right, right, when you and I went for lunch at Boston Pizza, you just you has had story after story after story of working uh, for the Oilers back in the day and I want you if you can in a way to relate that. This is where it's really going to get fun because I had a teacher friend okay. say to me the world's changed, society's changed, but human nature does not change. Are Oilers fans and just fans in general way harder on their teams now individually and collectively or were they always and I just you, didn't notice it as
4: much? You You're bringing up an interesting point for me because one of the things that I've really noticed about Euler fan in the arena this season is there are nights where I just and of course, because they've struggled at home a little bit this season, I think I've noticed it a little more than normal. But what I've really noticed this this time around is that in the old days and I'll even say the old days were five years ago. If the team didn't play well at home, somebody would throw the obligatory jersey on the ice. We've seen it in all the NHL arenas when people are a little pissed off with what's going on. This season is the one season where there were some nights where I expected the fans to kind of turn on the team a little bit and boo them off the ice. I remember, like I said, back in the 80s and 90s, that would have been a common occurrence if the home team played poorly, like really awful. And there were about three or four times this season where I thought they were really awful at home. And the crowd basically just kind of got up out of their seats and left. And I noticed it last night in the game. It's a, it's a different game when you sit in the seats, man. I'm telling you. But I think that the fan, I don't know if it's a patience level or they just know that these guys will find a way to maybe turn it on a little bit. Maybe the panic point will be will be reached in another few weeks if they keep going, win a few, lose a few, win a few, lose a few. But Last night would have been a classic example to kind of tell the guys, as a fan, how you felt about their effort. And it wasn't really good last night. As much as Jay Woodcroft says, hey, listen, we, we got a point out of it. The other team played great. We'll be better in the next game, which is against, oh, my God, the Chicago Blackhawks, who are awful. I can hardly wait to see how the fans respond to that. But I think it's, uh, I think it's fascinating to me how the fans have reacted here in Edmonton this season to what I consider to be off games, Rod.
2: I love the answer, and you spent a good share of time on the air in Calgary, too. I mean, fans of the fans, wherever you go, it's a little, it's obviously different in Calgary and Edmonton. They approach it a little differently, but the pressure yeah. is the same. And, and I'm not done on this topic. Like, it's starting to affect things, because I'm going back to Calgary here before long, doing the show from the Great Eagle, and I'm hearing about the pressure on Daryl Sutter in the market, and the fans might be turning on him, and, and the media is driving it. And I'm not even saying that's wrong. But it's, it's a lot to live with if you're the teams. That's the thing. You've seen it from the inside.
4: Yeah, I've seen it from the inside working for teams. I've also been on home team broadcasts. And, and you know, I heard you talking about uh, about Rod Black and talking about the sports media in our country and that sort of thing. I would tell you that uh, I've had two opportunities where I've worked on broadcasts. I worked on the Edmonton uh, football broadcast back in the 90s. And, uh, I enjoyed the broadcast work. I just did not enjoy being tapped on the shoulder once in a while saying, could you maybe lighten it up a little bit on the football club, okay. Same thing with uh, working in Calgary. The, now the Flames were not bad. I really enjoyed working with everybody at the Flames organization, but there were times where I felt indirectly that there was a little pressure on me to be careful what I said. And I don't think I would ever, well, one, I'm getting older, so I don't ever see that opportunity coming up again. But I didn't really always enjoy working on broadcasts that were directly affiliated with a team. It was way more fun for me to be working on broadcasts where I had the ability to speak my mind, which I've always done. I, right from when I worked in Moose Jaw at CHAB during Warrior Games, we were always given the thumbs up by s- station management to tell it the way we felt. And also to make it a little more rock and roll and make it a little more us Not so much the team, but things have changed dramatically in the sports world these days. And uh, I I hate to be the one of those guys with the the gray hair who says, well, you know, back in the day, but I think it might have been easier to broadcast back in the day. I think it's harder now, Rod.
2: Oh, I'm really becoming one of those guys. Oh, i can go for hours with you, man. From Wee Wee Mike yep. in the audience I would laugh my butt off if the orders lose to Chicago. Can we trade somebody for Taves before the game? LOL. I'm just putting that out there. In 60 seconds or less, your take on the talk at hiring will he turn the Vancouver Canucks around?
4: No, I don't think so. I think it's a mess there. I, I think that that whole Bruce Boudreau thing, the way it played out kind of ripped the team into shreds i i I would be very surprised if they're able to get it back on track i know one thing i think they're too far back now to make the postseason and uh you know it's it's hard to make up ground at this time of year regardless of what kind of trades you make i think that they might be better off now just uh, making some major uh, some major changes to try to fix that room up a little bit uh you know jim rutherford uh, we talked about major surgery on that team and i think that I think he's correct. I think they've got to make some moves. They've got some players in contract situations that they're in. So I, I don't think it's going to make a major difference this year. But he could be—you uh, know—he has never made the team. He's never been a playoffs coaching a team. So uh, we might have to see something dramatic happen in Vancouver. Is that my sixty? Yeah, and is,
2: is that my sixty? Is Rutherford is Rutherford the guy that should be holding the scalpel? That's another topic. But we are out of time, Bryn. Other yeah. than to say, how are you doing, yeah. my friend? How are you?
4: I'm doing great. I'm in the process. I'm putting together a new uh, podcast. Robin Brownlee and I kind of uh, let things roll and slip away in September because it's competitive out there in the podcast world, especially in sports. But a good friend of ours, Dave Jamison, who is a longtime public relations manager with the Edmonton Football Club here. He and I are now working on a podcast, which will be a video cast. And we are talking about our cancer struggles. Both he and I have battled cancer. And we're on the other side of it now. So we decide we're going to do a sports podcast, but we're going to talk to people in the sports business, whether it's media, players, or coaches, who've battled cancer. We want to hear their cancer story, and then we want to talk about their careers. So uh, our podcast is going to be coming up in about a month and a half. And the name—Are you ready for it? Here's the name: Cancer in the Room.
1: How about Ooh. that? Ooh.
4: Yeah, congratulations! That's, uh, that's going on to be that, the name. Thanks. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Already got our first guest lined up. Buck Martinez is gonna be joining us. And I'm shocked at how many guys have who've battled through cancer are in the sports world. Like it's a shocking long list. And they've all got great stories about how they've gone through it. I want it to be inspirational. Dave also agrees with me. Yeah it's gotta be inspirational. And we wanna leave we wanna leave a little bit of a legacy mark on things before it becomes our time to go into battle once again. So that's kinda of, that's the new you, thing for me working at Road fifty five in Edmonton.
2: People uh, need to hear the good stories for sure. All right, Bryn, we got to go. Say totally. it. Say it. Say it. Rod, Rod, I'm out of here. Woo. <laughs> <See ya. laughs> Thank I you. Like Thank you, Bryn. Appreciate it, bud. All the best. Good luck. The great, they're, mighty they're mouth right. Bryn you. Griffith. We'll be right back with Overtime with the Moose. We're live on Game Plus TV. YouTube, your favorite podcast platform, and WQEE 99.1 FM.
1: Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You got something to say? You want to add to the show? What are you waiting for? Don't just sit there. Say something. Now, back to the studio with Rod. Okay,
2: uh, we got to jump right into this. We got to get the moose in here. Uh, It's overtime. It's brought to you by the Four Seasons Sports Palace. You're home for the UFC, the National Football League, and the Super Bowl Party, RP Show Super Bowl Party. Come and join your favorite sports celebrities and us at the Four Seasons on Super Bowl Sunday. Details coming how you can. Moose, look. I don't know if we have enough time. We got all these people that have written in. I just opened the text line. It was like we need to reintroduce ourselves, both you and me to all these new people. Terry in Lake Country, B.C., not only was he up at 1.53 a.m., he's up now. And I told him that Joe Koser. we've done this poll, it's Joe Koser is what they told us, and he said, me thinks we need a second opinion. Clark, we need to have a meeting to have a meeting to talk about having a meeting about who we need to poll to get to the bottom of this who is the number one fighter (laughs) clark goes i love meetings about (laughs) meetings a lot of people do i don't um bill moose here's where i said we got to get you in here bill he's in Cochrane, alberta and he's the home of george fox and john Huffnagel. he says rod i heard you use the term whoa nelly do you remember who used to say that pat brady roy rogers show and it was what he called his jeep yes i'm aware he called his jeep nelly bell the name of the jeep was nelly bell and do i know where it came roy rogers is the king of the cowboys (laughs) darren how he must be a new viewer how would he possibly think that i wouldn't know (laughs) roy rogers and the name of the jeep was nelly bell darren would not have watched it his horse's name was trigger yeah yeah. Or was that the Lone Ranger? I got to Google it. I'm getting old, man. Silver. I think that's why silver I. Silver was the Lone Ranger. I know, Silver, away. Yeah, that was Lone Ranger. So yes. You got, the, you got I that. I know that. Yeah. It was yeah. Roy Roy Rogers and Trigger, and it was a Palomino. That's why I think I have this deep. Again, all of the things in our mind and our hearts come from when we're children. And I think that's why I have this love for Jeeps. Roy Rogers show. Uncle Jesse on Dukes a Hazard. We had one on the farm when I was a kid. And I often I said, if I ever run across one, I'm gonna buy one just like we had when we were kids, and I did, and then I bought another one. Yeah. You know, I've become this big Jeep guy. Um so yeah, that's kinda of fun, isn't it? With these guys. It's great. Well, there was
3: As post on social media was like, name the most famous horse you can think of. And it was a sports question. People said Secretariat, whatever. But what came to mind for me and for some people was Silver or Buttercup or Mr. Ed or all these other, you know, pop culture
2: horses. Seabiscuit. Exactly. We, We had a guy on the Pats. His nickname was Seabiscuit. Dougal Cameron in Calgary writes in and says uh, yesterday's guest, Tim Hunter, was pretty damn tough in the late 80s. How about that? But even even Tim Hunter would tell you, and maybe we need to have him in the meeting, Clark, that Nick, Nick Fatio beat up Tim Hunter. Didn't he tell us that? I mean, yeah. I understand every fighter. every fighter would have lost a fight at some time. Maybe I need to send a note to Grimmer and just say, Grimmer, you were one of them. Who would you think was the toughest guy ever in the NHL? What a bracket that would be. What a bracket. And maybe it's your favorite. Who's the favorite? Yeah. Poll question today. Uh, well, but... but I'm starting to wonder. Would, 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 would he... If we let the audience vote on it, would we get the right answer? Because last I looked, 86% on our poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center are saying that 86% say, yes, teams tank. Last minute of play on the RP show. And it's, no, they don't. No, they do not. I'm not saying it's never happened. Some teams have, but by and large, I don't think the Vancouver Canucks are tanking. I don't think the Chicago Blackhawks are tanking. I don't think the Columbus Blue Jackets are tanking.
3: Do you? No, I don't. I think they're in a position where they know they're not going to win. They're not necessarily trying to make the playoffs, but they're not tanking. Those those players and coaches. No, they're not tanking.
2: Randy in Strasburg, the home of Nick Schultz, Minnesota Wild great defenseman. He says NHL teams, owners and management might want to tank, but players sure would never tank. They're too competitive. Just to tell you, tomorrow it will be ball for all, all football, okay? So get ready for that as we get ready for the conference championships. NFL, CFL, XFL, USFL, whatever. Thanks to the guys today. Great show, guys. See you tomorrow. See you guys. Who has more fun than us? <laughs>